Welcome back to another episode of the Property Management Show, where we deep dive into the world of property management and entrepreneurship. Your hosts are Marie Tubman and Brittany Jones from Four and Half Marketing Agency. Since 2012, we have helped hundreds of property managers get more owner leads from digital marketing. Whether you need help with your website, SEO, video and blog content, social media, pay-per-click ads, online reputation, you name it, we can help. Visit our website, fourandhalf.com to get started on growth today. That's F-O-U-R-A-N-D-H-A-L-F.com. Now in part one of our interview with Heather Nicely, we talked about the pros and cons of adding SDR or short-term rentals into a primarily um, pre-established long-term rental management company. Now in part two, we're getting more into the current state of the SDR market and how you can set yourself apart and serve your owners better. Let's go ahead and listen. Yeah, and so like on this topic of like this gold rush to short-term rentals, right? So um, there's there there are all these people rushing to it because they want to capitalize on this big rush in travel and in fact like and, and then there's this like a single tweet that kind of set off alarm bells about like oh is it getting oversaturated yeah can you and you know i i even saw kind of like the trickle of that like kept, i kept seeing articles about like people who again like lost money during the super bowl when it was supposed to be their best right. you know grossing uh, your week of their year. And yeah. so can, can you speak more to what's happening? Sure, absolutely. The tweet you're, tweet you're referring to, I won't um, say the person who tweeted it, but the data that they used um, was, um, I'm not going to say skewed, but it was provided by all the rooms and RevPal. And the data that was put out there almost induced a panic where people took that tweet. It was a chart and it was the markets that it's just like a, a snapshot of the markets that were suffering and the revenue um, that they were no longer making. And it kind of induced a little bit of panic where people were seeing 47 to 49% drops in revenue. And a lot of people took that to mean either Airbnb or the Airbnb industry, um, because we're not a short-term rental industry, we're the Airbnb industry, <laughs> that were collapsing. But once they really drilled into that data, what they found was that it was inaccurate data. Um, the markets that they listed, some of them were in the top 10, but weren't in the order that they listed and the percentages were way off. Um, and so I think that it's important for us to know our numbers. I think it's important for us to um, understand which markets are saturated. We have a duty to understand which markets are saturated and be realistic with our owners that this is a good or bad idea when they come to us and they want to purchase a short-term rental. But I think that we have to be careful not to grab onto every single viral feed on Twitter <laughs> and not just take that as law because um, most of the markets that were showing 47 to 49% Airbnb release data and then STR insights release data, and it ended up being a one to 2% drop year over year, as opposed to a 47% drop. That's a huge gap. Um, and so I think that when we see those panic posts, those panic posts are set viral by people that are not in the industry. And as a professional in the industry, it's very easy for you to get more accurate data or just study your own data because you know your own market and just kind of mm -hmm. give your owners that reassurance, just like we do in the long-term rental space that, hey, I know you're hearing a lot of things in the news, but people are pushing an agenda and you just have to keep that in mind <laughs> when you watch the news. What we need to focus on is making sure that we're 
increasing the revenue per door for your unit. And that's why you've entrusted this to me. I'm a professional. And so far our bookings are good. If your bookings aren't good, let's talk. Um, We should probably tweak that. But I think that it's really important to encourage your owners to stay focused on what's happening with their property and not just catch on to every single viral tweet that comes out on Twitter. So I think it's worth noting. Yeah. 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 (laughs) Like look at your property. Exactly. Because I I think, right, like, as you were saying, Heather, if you, um, if you are active in your market, Mm -hmm. you kind of develop this kind of like gut feel. And then if someone if you see data that kind of doesn't pass the sniff test, like, that should tell you something. Yeah, right. So I bet when you saw the 40% drop, um, and I think your market is one of the top, like five or top number three, two. <laughs> number two, part. you yep. must probably like, that doesn't make sense. So you're not going to just necessarily take that as truth because they like, it doesn't sit with what I'm seeing. Well, in all fairness, to some extent, it, it did resonate a little bit because we did see after the Super Bowl kind of a slow exodus back out of the industry from these one-time investors that thought they were going to pay their entire mortgage for the next three years in one week. And, and maybe they jumped on a get rich quick scheme. And, you know, it was kind of the perfect storm because we had these low interest rates that hit and everybody became an investor and they all wanted to put their money into this space. And the Phoenix market, because of the Super Bowl and some of the things that were ideal conditions, uh, we really did get a little bit saturated. So we were kind of waiting for that gold rush to pass. (laughs) And so we could start to see some of those people exit the industry that had no business ever being in the industry. Um, However, the numbers were inflated. There is still money to be made in the Phoenix area. If somebody asked me like, hey, where do I have the most odds and the least saturation? I wouldn't bring them to Phoenix. I would tell them to go elsewhere. But because I have a real estate brokerage in the Phoenix area, I'm also working daily with investors. And my team is out showing houses right now as we record this to investors that are trying to purchase property in the short-term rental space. And there are still deals to be made. You just have got to know your numbers and you've got to be savvy about the real estate you purchase. And then with interest rates being so high, I think that's the other piece is, a lot of people jump in this space when interest rates are low, but things have happened over the last year with, you know, insurance doubling and tripling and people are starting to understand, you know, with gas prices and the cost of eggs and all these things going on in the economy that maybe they bit off more than they could chew. And so when we see people leaving the industry, to me, I don't see this like scary mass exodus because STRs were so saturated. I just see a reflection of our economy as a whole. And so to me, I don't panic and I work with investors every day that are making a ton of money in this space. They're sitting pretty and they're just like, good, bye, see ya, because they don't they don't need those people in their space. Um, And those hosts are usually the ones that are cutting corners. Those hosts are usually the ones that aren't hiring the excellent cleaners and they don't have the systems in place and they give short term rentals a bad name. And if short term rentals get a bad name, then people go back to staying at hotels because they don't see the value anymore. So Mm. being in the industry, you almost celebrate when you see people leaving the industry because, you know, it's going to make the industry stronger. You don't panic that the industry is crashing. Right. Yeah, I had a thought. Um, I just thought it was interesting that you were talking about how if you just look at what happened like oh you have all these people raising their hands that they lost money during the super bowl weekend and that might be a meaning that like short-term rentals is not you know a lucrative industry but what you're pointing out is like look at the big picture there are so many more macro yes and micro economics going on and and you're absolutely right it's like um maybe people felt like oh i really want to 
buy an investment property before the Super Bowl so I can cash in. I can I can probably refinance this this high interest rate when the rates go low. Yep. But then, you know, fast forward <laughs> to now, like doesn't look like that's gonna happen anytime nope. soon. Yep. Right? And then prices for everything go up and then, you know, you're you're also in um on on low on the loan side, right, Heather? Yeah, yes, like, yes. Right. So it's yeah. like, you know, um, lenders are getting stricter and interest yeah. rates are higher. And then on the insurance side, too, like I believe some carriers have like, you know, started kind of like tightening up yes. the policies that they write leaving states. Like I think like a number of policy yep. make, uh, policymakers have like left California even. Yep. So it's like add all that together and there are so many reasons why someone may want to leave short term rentals. It may not be just, you know how saturated it is. Right, exactly. And for me, you're right, I am a loan officer. I do loans as well in Arizona. And I have a loan team that complements my real estate brokerage. What and... don't you do, Heather? <laughs> what don't you do? I, there's a lot. <laughs> I don't do construction. I don't lay asphalt Yet. in the summer in Arizona. <laughs> Yet. But yeah, right. <laughs> I will never do that. I can confidently say. Um, however, I, I will say that being on the loan side and seeing the way that investors are handling their money, there's been a mindset shift there also where... For me, with my short-term rental investors, I used to see them leveraging their money differently and viewing a mortgage differently. But now that the rates are so high, um, I'm seeing a lot more of them put more capital into those properties than they did a couple of years ago. And for me, I'm kind of loving it. I'm kind of loving seeing just at a you know backseat view how that has changed the way investors are are putting their money in different places. It's kind of fun to watch. Um, but the person that comes to me and says, hey, I have $30,000. I want to put it down on a short-term rental. Can you help me? Like we sit and have a realistic conversation about can you do that with this high of an interest rate right now? Because this is what the interest rate is for an investment property and still have money to furnish and still have money for you know all of the you know, things leading up to getting your property ready to book. And then in the event that you have a month where bookings are down because it is seasonal, that's the difference between long-term rentals and short-term rentals also is understanding the seasons. Um, so are you going to be okay through the summer in Arizona if you don't have very many bookings because people are not crazy enough to come vacation here in the summer? Or are you in a property that maybe is right next to a hospital and you're going to have a lot of traveling nurses and things like that to where it's not going to be as seasonal? Having those conversations with people, it has changed tremendously over the last three years as well, because now that rates are so high and people are doing what they can to get approved for more, they have less capital to work with to actually facilitate having the short term rental. And so that conversation is completely different where I'm probably a horrible real estate broker, a loan officer to the point that I talk somebody out of it. Um, but truly, if you don't have that little nest egg sitting there and you get in it, I don't want to have to sell your house, you know, a year from now because you broke the bank trying to get into this space that you really weren't prepared for. Yeah. So it's really interesting, right? Um, it's, it's almost like it's a given, like as a real estate professional, as like a professional property manager, um, when you get an owner who wants to do something, um, to also kind of ask them about their big picture. Yeah. Because at the end of the day, if you're just like, well, they're adults, if they <laughs> say they can afford the short-term rental and they can afford like the management fees, you should be good, right? But at the end of the day, you're still the one they're yep. going to blame because yeah, they'd, be, they'd be like, you should have known better. They're not adult. I mean, they're adults, but <laughs> hold on. <laughs> they are adults, <laughs> but really, truly, it's your reputation as a professional on the line. You talk them into it. Even if you didn't talk them into it, you talk them into it. When we sit down with a new client, we really have to cover, 
okay, let's come up with an approach for your short-term rental, but let's make sure we can convert this to either a mid-term rental in the event that legislation changes and you have to do 30 days or six months or whatever your minimum is. And let's also talk about a long-term rental strategy. And the benefit for, for your listeners is going to be that they have that information. They can pull comps on a long-term rental and they can give them real accurate data of, hey, right now, this is what your comps would look like. Let's add in your costs, you know, your insurance, your taxes, all of that good stuff and see if this works as a long-term rental as well. And so that's what we do. We usually sit down with them and say, hey, we want to make sure that in the event that this doesn't work as a short-term rental, you're able to very quickly flip the switch and turn this into a long-term rental and those numbers still work for you so that you have a, a backup plan B and a black backup plan C so you're not feeling like you're forced to sell, liquidate all that furniture you paid so much money for a designer to come in and put in your property, right? Uh, and lose your shirt on the property. So have there been times when you just try to be honest with an investor and they're like, nope, not taking it. I still want to do this. How do you kind of unravel that? Yeah. You know what? There have been times where people have sat down and talked to me and then ended up purchasing a short-term rental, not using me. And that's fine. I actually don't want to be involved in it at all if I don't think that they're ready or they know what they're getting into. But it's just like in anything in real estate, they'll come back to you and complain on the back end, right? It's like... Mm. Sometimes you want to tell them, like, don't you have enough pride and dignity to, like, not lose face in front of me since I told you not to do this? <laughs> but, uh, you know, I'm, I'm not trying to be Debbie Downer. There's so many positives to the industry. And more often than not, I'm having positive conversations with people. But it does seem like the times when you tell somebody no, it's probably human nature. It's kind of like what you were talking about, about the revenge travel earlier. Mm -hmm. Don't tell me I have to stay home. I do what I want. And now I want to travel more. <laughs> like, I want to go to places I've never thought about going to just because you told me to stay home, right? Like all of a sudden, mm -hmm. like Walmart's really important and I can't wait to go to Walmart because you told me yep. not to. And that's kind of how it is with this too. Like you have somebody and you, you know, they're seeing all these get rich quick, you know, schemes and posts and things, and, you know, seminars and how to make money in short term rentals. So they want to. And then if you're realistic with them and you burst their little bubble a little bit, they really do have a little bit of resentment, but it's also triggering that don't tell me what to do. I do what I want. I'll figure it out. You're not going to be the person that stops me from achieving my dreams. And sometimes you just sit back and you go, some of us, me included, have to learn, you know, the school of life, school of hard knocks. And, and, and then you just try and support them because ultimately there's not an I told you so in that. They're still trying to serve the industry and come alongside them and help them, you know, and give them the tools that they need to be more successful or maybe encourage them to speak with a property manager because they don't know what they're doing or, you know, things like that. So, yeah, I think to to your point, you said that there are so many, there's so much content out there that tell you like, do this one thing, it's get rich quick, right? Mm -hmm. And, you know, vacation rentals is one of those like apples that's so easy to dangle, like it's so easy, you know, like you, you make up everything that you've spent in like these key months, but it's never that easy. And so um, I was actually listening to another podcast about the future of short-term rentals, um, which you may have already seen, but um, they had like a machine learning expert um, as one of the panelists and, you know, he works at a company that creates like technology right. for the short-term rental industry. And he was saying that despite the fact that he's all about like using AI for the short-term rental industry, he, he says he hates it when people think that tech replaces hospitality yeah and True. i just had the thought that like yeah it's it's interesting like the hospitality should come first and the tech should support the hospitality and it's almost like 
the H, the capital H in hospitality has become the last priority because it's H is the last letter in tech. Yes. Um, I just thought that was like an interesting visual. Yes. But but yeah, um, it's also possible that this influx of new technology makes it look like, see, you just press these buttons and then you've got yourself a rental management business. Yeah. Well, I'm going to be a little bit of the devil's advocate here and say mm -hmm. that usually the individual hosts are not the ones that are guilty of that. The individual host mm -hmm. still sees this as oftentimes their house and their preferred vacation destination, like their little family mm -hmm. cabin, and they're trying to make money off of their family cabin. But they tend to, even if they don't know enough to really self-manage, you know, just like in the long-term space to always hit the nail on the head, they tend to offer a lot more hands-on than the property management company that is adding it as, you know, a part of their portfolio and they're offering in a new department because we as long-term rental managers are already used to leveraging technology to increase efficiency and increase our revenue per door. And that truly is our mindset when it comes to technology. And so if you're already a long-term rental manager and you're adding short-term rental management, it's just kind of an extra reminder if you have that mindset to realize that yes, but in the long-term rental side, you're not in a hospitality business. On the short-term rental side, you are selling hospitality and AI cannot replace that. And if you already have that mindset, there's still a ton of things in the short-term rental space that you can use to increase your efficiency. I'm totally excited to see where AI is going in the short-term rental space. I geek mm -hmm. out on it. I love technology. I, I help write code software. You know, I have a whole development team, but that being said, you cannot replace that personal touch, especially when we're talking about live people getting in there and cleaning and washing linens mm -hmm. and sheets and you answering questions when someone's trying to plan a vacation and maybe they want to bring their disabled child to a hospital, have surgery, and this is the location that their family's mm -hmm. staying through that time. Like it is a very personal business. And so I think that hosts do a better job of that right now than management companies do because hosts are handling it a little bit different if it's just their one property than an established company that sees this as just a just point blank just a business right and they're just looking at numbers and so i think that we as property managers can be reminded that that truly is something that'll set us apart and give us the opportunity to excel in the industry is by really hyper focusing on that hospitality piece and trying to figure out where's the happy medium between leveraging technology to create a better guest experience and leveraging technology so much that I took away from the guest experience. I like that insight, you know, and since we're in the topic of technology and you already alluded to this, you have a whole development team, yeah. you know, you're working on, you're cooking on something up, <laughs> you know, one of the many hats you already wear, right, is also being co-founder and CEO of Rent My VR. Right. And to our listeners, it's not virtual reality. <laughs> You don't, they don't let you rent virtual reality headsets. It's vacation rentals. Yes. So can you talk more about like this venture that you found yourself into and why you decided to pursue it? Yes, absolutely. Um, I'm super excited to talk about this and I will try not to geek out too much. But when we started looking at short-term rentals for our own management company, I was trying to look at the way other companies were set up. And it was such an obvious thing to me. Um, but when I went, I realized that hosts really are relying on Airbnb and VRBO to drive bookings to their properties. Uh, and there isn't just one, like the Zillow of short-term rentals. There isn't just one website where you can search all short-term rentals. Um, nobody's really brought that together yet. Um, and somebody should do that. And somebody should do that becomes I should do that <laughs> for some reason. If it hasn't been done yet, <laughs> then I can do that. That should be easy. It has not been easy. Um, mm -hmm. However, 
our thought process was we could create a search engine for short-term rentals where it didn't matter if you're listed on VRBO or Airbnb, we could teach guests that, hey, stop searching on those individual sites and instead search on our site because anybody can list on our site. And when you search on our site, you're going to see all of the links where you can book that property. So most guests don't realize that like, hey, you can list a property on Airbnb and VRBO and do direct booking. And depending on where you find that property, it's going to impact the level of insurance coverage you have, the number of fees you have, the nightly rate you're paying. Um, you can even compare ratings between sites. And so if you find a property and you're savvy enough, you can search that property on other platforms, go put it in Google and try and identify where else it's listed. The average guest is not going to do that. Let's be real. <laughs> Maybe the engineer brain's going to do it outside I'm guilty. of that. Yeah, right. You just book it on an Airbnb. Like you're on it. So book it, right? Um, mm -hmm. Especially before somebody else books it. But we give you a page where it has very clearly every link that you can find that property on, as well as additional sites. So maybe it was featured in a blog article, or maybe it was on a news station or something like that. We give you the YouTube video if they have it, the walkthrough. We try and just bring all of the data about that property together so that you can make a more informed decision as a guest. In addition to that, we have a management company directory if you're an owner and you're looking for a management company. Um, we got this idea in December. And I thought it would take us two years to build. We got it built in less than seven months. Literally while I was driving around looking at Christmas lights on Christmas Eve, I was like, we need to design a logo. <laughs> and I couldn't just look at the Christmas lights because I was so excited about this project. Um, and so we got it done very quickly. We just launched. We're not even to the part where we're sending guests to the site yet because we're in the process of onboarding 10,000 listings, um, onboarding them from both management companies and hosts. So that's how recent we are, but we're so excited. Every single time we talk to a host, they're excited because for them, they feel like they're tied to the big three right now, the big three booking platforms in the industry. If that booking platform creates legislation they don't like or new policies that they don't like or charges fees they don't like, they're terrified to get off of that platform because that is the platform that's driving all their traffic. And there's no reason why an industry should be monopolized to that extent where you're locked into a booking platform. But the reason really is because nobody's come along to do what we're doing. So we are trying to kind of make that impact in the industry. It's a tall order. Um, we're not completely um, immune to how difficult that will be <laughs> to try and retrain guests to stop going to some of those well-known names. And instead, here's a platform where you can search all short-term rentals. And in order to do that, we have to have all short-term rentals on our platform. So it's a huge undertaking, um, but we're excited. And every day that we meet with hosts, we get amazing feedback. And then, and then we get feedback from our guests too, of what they don't like about some of those platforms that we can actually build in since we're building from the ground up. So we've been very excited about it. Yeah. And you know, I actually was speaking to um, someone who had been in the long-term rental management business in, in Florida for the longest time. And they only like earlier this year started uh, doing short-term rentals. So they have like a separate company for it and everything. And then I remember her ranting about how, um, you know, she kind of like purchased like two just kind of like managing for like two two separate portfolios that are in two different systems. Yeah. It's not even just like the the booking sites. It's like just the mm -hmm. back end yeah. management systems and how like it's already tied to like the reputation and everything. And yeah. she was like, it's it's a nightmare to have to like log into both and have you know my people figure out both. But I I'm like just just leave, just transfer them. Just like it's not as easy. It's yeah. It's like tied to the reputation and like we have super host status, whatever. And I'm yeah, just right. like that is insane. 
And um, is that something that like Rent My VR potentially could kind of like make better? <laughs> so that's not actually the direction that we're headed in that we will, I can't say never, but we do not have plans on the horizon to become a booking platform. We want to be more focused on the marketing, driving traffic side of the business and less on the bookings themselves. Uh, what we want to do is create a mechanism to drive traffic to wherever your booking platform is uh, so that the host has more options so that when you say it's not as easy to just leave, we can make it easier for you to leave as far as not feeling like you're going to lose all your traffic. But we do have plans to change some of the way that reviews work um, right now, we're we're a little sore on this. Like if you get bad reviews on certain platforms that shall remain nameless, they just deactivate your listing. So you, if you're a really crappy host with a really crappy property, you just set up a new listing and then people aren't aware that there were negative reviews on your old yeah. listing because it got deactivated. And I kind of feel like that's hiding a problem. If there's bad yeah. reviews on a property, I want to know it. Like I want to know that the last guy said there were 672 cockroaches and 12 bed bugs. Like I would like to see that and have that full disclosure. And so deactivating a property, but not making sure that it doesn't end up right back on the platform to me is an issue. So we've looked at it and we've come up with an endorsement plan where people can endorse a property for specific things like the, you know, communication management and the cleanliness. And so People aren't just looking at this simplified, you know, how is the parking? How is the noise? Things like that. People really want to know why somebody reviewed something so negative. And so to just look at a 4.7 stars, unless you have the time to really drill into it, um, it's a little bit misleading sometimes. There is a difference of opinion. If you like your mattress hard or soft, or I like my pillows hard or soft, I might review a property for something that to you would be a benefit, Right. Um, and so we really want to change that on our site um, when it comes to reviews. And there's just a few things, but we're so new in this that we are so open to feedback that right now we are, we're in the phase where we're just like a little sponge, just trying to absorb all of these pain points and figure out which ones are the ones that we're going to attack. And right now we're very focused on the traffic piece. But once we have the users on our platform, then the sky's the limit. We can have those conversations. We're already partnering with a bunch of smaller booking platforms. Um, we have a preferred partner called Lodge Lovers that just has this idea that's all, hey, book by travel. If you love to kayak, just come put in that you love to kayak and we'll show you some cool places you could kayak, right? And they're one of our partners and we absolutely love them and we're doing integrations with them. And so as we see what else is in the industry, if we can accomplish what we're trying to accomplish and we can drive users to our site first, we're able to give some of those smaller booking platforms some traction that they wouldn't otherwise have. And we're more excited about that right now, I think, than anything. Yeah. And, you know, I really love what you guys are trying to to do here because being in marketing, Brittany, you can speak to this, like you could be the best property management company, but if you're not showing up online when people search, you're not going to get, you know, the business. And so, you know, what you're saying is like uh, other platforms that shall remain nameless, <laughs> um, kind of have these um, systems in place that can kind of hide problems, right? Yeah. Based on how they are. But um, what you're trying to do is just like make information more open and yep. give everyone a chance to, to be found regardless of where they're listing their property, which I think is super awesome. 
And that really is, that is the, I mean, what you just said in a nutshell is the problem with direct booking websites. A lot of these hosts have created a direct booking website and they're like, okay, now what? Just like what you said, like they're never going to compete with who's number one on Google. They won't, but, and they will never have the resources to throw into that one direct booking site for that one property to be able to drive traffic to that one booking site. But our company can put the resources into maybe not even trying to be number one on Google, but trying to have um, some different channels to drive traffic to our thousands of listings, which is way better than that one and still advertise the direct booking link through that process. And so, you know, we have all kinds of fun channels that are getting ready to launch. One of them is Vacation Rentals Gone Wild on Twitter and Instagram and TikTok. And it's just, we all love to be nosy. We love to see cool concepts and vacation rentals, right? But the whole point of that channel is to really get some of those nosy travelers on TikTok and tell them, hey, by the way, come book on my VR, right? Um, and it doesn't mm-hmm. cost anything for guests to come search on our platform. It's free for them. So why would they not check it out? And to educate guests and let them know, hey, you can search and possibly save money and compare ratings and do all of these things on Rent My VR. So that's a better place for you to search than searching on one of those other sites. And it's, it's really wonderful hearing that this is being built by headed by someone who is in the space. Cause, um, we see a lot of these tech solutions built by people who just know tech and they just think, oh, you know, the industry is ripe for innovation. Yeah. I have the solution <laughs> without really like yeah. understanding yeah. like what's at hand. Yeah. You know, I'm, I was fortunate enough to enter the Narbum space. I always thought property management was like the redheaded stepchild. I got licensed as a realtor in 2003. And I was like, I would never do that. Those people are crazy. And look at the size of the check I'm getting. And they're getting a, what, a couple hundred dollars a month. You know, I was that person. And I accidentally ended up in the property management space. And I owe you all an apology <laughs> for all of the things that I thought. Um, but that being said, <laughs> I did have the opportunity in the software space to work with long-term rentals to understand the listing syndication piece Um, with that software company. I did get kind of a window into some of the challenges with not having real-time feeds and some of the export partners and seeing what Zillow did in that industry in order for me to be able to recognize this as a pain point in the short-term rental space. And so I look at that time Um, that window that I um, got that introduction into the space. And I realized that because I had that experience um, and I've been in the space all along, I'm at a severe advantage. So now if I talk to, you know, we've done pitch decks and talked to investors and tried to decide between bootstrap funding for this company or bringing big investors on. And when we talk to them, that seems to be the piece that they value the most too, is that there's experience in the industry and a full understanding of what it is we're trying to do that they would never be able to touch. Even if somebody went and tried to steal that idea tomorrow, they wouldn't even know where to start because they truly don't have that level of experience. And so I'm just really grateful for that. Like all of that to me is just a blessing. (laughs) And the fact that I've worn so many hats and had so many opportunities to me is the only reason why I'm able to be a part of this. And and I have an amazing, brilliant partner in the company too. and, And she's right there in lockstep with me. And so to me, it's really important that um, you see over and over again in the long-term rental space, these coaches that come in and they try and advise property managers on how to manage properties, but maybe they've never managed a property. And so you question like, okay, but like they do have some valid points, but do they truly understand where I'm coming from? And for us in this, like we truly understand where hosts are coming from. We truly understand the pain because we're in the same boat where we go well, we can't not list our property on XYZ website because we'll lose all of our traffic, you know, which maybe their software sucks and their fees suck and their policies suck, but 
we have to use them. We don't even have, have an option. So because we've gotten to do that, it really has been really beneficial for us. That's great. And I actually had a thought while you were like describing what Rent My VR's goal is. So basically, it's a syndication platform yep. for short term rentals, yep. right? Kind of like a Zillow for short term rentals. And um, I recall that at Cal Narpum this year, um, Rental Beast was in attendance and they were talking to everyone about this, like, like the statewide rental MLS that they're rolling out state by state. And I just assumed it was purely for long-term rentals, but now I'm like thinking, are they also trying to kind of syndicate short-term rentals? And, you know, what does that mean for what you're trying to build? So in studying the the models in the industry um, and the people who have tried to do anything even remotely similar to what we're doing, um, the only piece that I hear about over and over again, um, it's funny because you don't hear about it from Google, but you hear about it from hosts in the industry is Google vacation rentals. Google has stepped into that market over the last couple of years, but most people don't even know that exists. So if you I, go, I yeah, if you go to Google and you search, um, I live in Queen Creek. So if I type in Queen Creek vacation rentals, Google has its own solution for searching vacation rentals, but look at your face right now. <laughs> you didn't even know it existed. They haven't told oh, anybody it, it exists. Yeah, I'm do it. Google it's right really now. fun. I see it. And you'll see properties on there and it'll drive you to yeah. a link where you can book the property. Most people don't know that exists. They have not marketed it. It's not super user-friendly. A lot of people don't know how to search. They still want the traditional, I want to go to a website and scroll listings experience, right? And Google has it a little mm -hmm. bit different. Doesn't mean that they won't take feedback and change it. But as far as solutions in the short-term rental space go, I think that if somebody tries to syndicate all long-term rentals, I think that if they try and do that with both long-term rentals and short-term rentals on the same platform, I mean, it's not that it can't be done, but because they are so grossly different, I'd be surprised if the same person tried to tackle or the same company tried to tackle mm -hmm. both because they're not the same thing at all. I mean, you're different lingo, different software systems. It's two completely different data sets that you have to build. So are you finding properties in Queen Creek on Google right now? I've never, no, I'm <laughs> actually looking, properties near me. I'm looking in Chico, California, because I just bought my Oktoberfest tickets for Sierra Nevada. Oh, okay. So we need a vacation. Well, rental. and we'll talk offline and we'll get you to search on rent my VR instead. <laughs> I'm going to, well, I, I did already, I did already uh, reserve a place, but I am still going to okay. look on there now. Um, yeah. Yeah. Cancellations well, till October 1st. Yeah, we are onboarding. I mean, it's been hard for me to like introduce people to the platform already because, you know, as we get a couple hundred listings a week, we're starting to have more and more to search. Um, and so I tell everybody hey, within the next couple of weeks, like we'll have another 10,000 properties on there. And that makes it a little more fun to search because like my mom got on there before we were even launched. And she's like, there's only one property where I'm going. And I'm like, okay, we're not launched yet, mom. <laughs> you're going to have to wait. <laughs> but I love that you're my cheerleader. That's awesome. That's so. all I'm going to use from now on. There you go. Love it. Yeah. So for people I'm in the audience who may want to check it out, um, how can they go to your yeah. little project? Rentmyvr.com. Uh, you can go check out the search, check out what a page looks like, click on one of our featured listings so you can see how easy it is to look at the profile and see what the booking options are. We just direct them straight off of our platform to go book on that site. So it's 
It doesn't cost anything, super easy to use. We um, are open to feedback. We love the feedback from our users, both our property managers, our independent hosts, and our guests. We absolutely love that. So we welcome feedback and uh, yeah, check the website out. Yeah. And if they want to send you feedback, can they just email you? Yeah. Scary that I'm putting this out there. No, it's Heather <laughs> at rentmyvr.com. And I, you actually will hear from me and I actually will be the one to respond to your email. It's not going to be an AI chatbot? No. No, I, I did think about it. <laughs> no, I have an administrative assistant, but she doesn't monitor that box. So. Okay. So if you want to hear from Heather, email her directly. Yep your feedback and visit her website. And thank you so much, Heather, for sharing your expertise with our listeners today about the industry and, you know, about this new project that you're, you're really, really passionate about. Yeah, absolutely. I appreciate the opportunity, ladies. And that's all we have for this episode of the Property Management Show. Hopefully you got some value and insights from our conversations around the SDR market. As a reminder, this podcast is brought to you by 4 and Half Marketing Agency. Since 2012, we have been helping property managers get more owner leads through marketing. Whether you need help with your website, SEO, online reputation, video and blog content, social media, pay-per-click advertising, you name it, we can help you. Visit our website, 4andhalf.com. That's F-O-U-R-A-N-D-H-A-L-F.com. Now, if you have any feedback, questions, or suggestions, feel free to send us a message by emailing marketing at 4andhalf.com. And if you are enjoying our show, go ahead and give us a some feedback, you know, or, or review on your favorite podcast app. Thank you so much for tuning in and we'll see you next time.